Good morning, good morning, and happy Tuesday from the farm. Thank you for being with us again on this beautiful morning. Getting ready to do the thing that I got to do for the farm and went into the aquaponics area and saw some water on the floor. So I get the opportunity to clean it all up and then tell everybody that we had a clog and water leak. And while I'm thinking about the water that is on the ground, I inevitably am smelling what you smell when you smell in an aquaponics. So I'm curious how many of those of you out there have ever been uh, in an aquaponics farm and smelled that smell. Ooh, that smell. It's that same smell that we smell when we're down at a lake or river and the water's low or we're by the shore and we can smell that semi-foul smell. And that is the smell of nature's wonders. And what if I told you that it wasn't the fish poop in aquaponics that causes that smell and makes plants grow? I know it sounds pretty crazy because the popular narrative in aquaponics is that fish poop makes plant grow. And I know I used to teach that myself when I first learned about the nitrification cycle and aquaponics. And it's so much fun to say fish poop makes plants grow and you can really engage kids that way. But I saw very soon after how mistaken I was. And as I kept talking about that, you would start to see the disconnections between what it is that you're saying and what it is that you're seeing. So for most of us, we're used to seeing poop, for the lack of better words, be a solid thing. And then when you look into a fish tank, there is very few solids that go into the tank. So that thing in and of itself is the first real indication, okay, where is most of this coming from? So that smell that we smell is in part because of the bacteria that are dealing with the byproduct of the fish. And so it's not the fish poop that powers aquaponics, but it's actually ammonia. Ammonia is released from the fish gills as that main waste product. A lot like how most of our waste is released in the form of CO2 when we breathe. So fish gills are kind of like lungs. They're a similar thing to do respiration. So, I mean, how do we lose weight or use energy? It's all through respiration, which is really, really neat. But real quick, since I got you, if you could be so kind as to leave us a review and let me know what you've enjoyed so far or what else you would like to hear. And while you're down there, don't forget to let others know why they should listen in too. So what I'm talking about today is alluding a little bit to water quality in aquaponics and water quality in hydroponic systems. Water quality is one of the first things that I learned when I got to feed fish. And the way that I got to do it was 
different than I originally expected. I had always thought that I was going to put on some kind of a lab coat and go sit in a laboratory and use fancy analytical equipment. But it's actually quite simple. And those of you that have had fish or worked in an aquatic environment likely know how simple water quality testing really is in today's world. It's very simple. All I had to do was go out and collect the water at a scheduled time. So we collected our water before we fed the fish. We knew that the water was going to be at the most homeostatic, the, the best place for us to take a sample and be the same day after day. Then we'd sit there and we'd feed our fish and wait. We waited 10 minutes to feed our fish. Harry taught us to feed our fish based on satiety, based on how much they ate. And his protocol developed that process over 10 minutes. So then we'd watch what the fish ate and then record according to Harry's method. And then come back and analyze that water that we collected before feeding our fish. Harry liked to task all of us to do the simple fish feeding and water collection for a couple weeks until he knew you were going to show up on a day-to-day -day basis and then he would start to layer on more and more responsibility. And it's once I got that more and more responsibility when he told me about ammonia and the nitrification cycle. <laughs> and I'm not going to bore you today. Uh, I talked about ammonia and the nitrification cycle at a lot more length in episode 46. So if you're interested in hearing some of that, check out that episode. But nitrification on, it, on the whole is important to us as farmers because it is one of the most important cycles that we depend on for our plants. And it's what the fish eats that eventually becomes plant nutrients. So in an aquaponic system, our major input is fish food. And the fish eat a very high protein feed. Uh, the protein is typically a fish meal based feed. The one that we use is from scredding. So I use the trout feed from scredding, which is an extremely high protein feed. I was taught to use that specific feed when I learned aquaponics in Hawaii, mostly because Harry worked with the former company, which used to be called Silver Cup, and he helped them formulate their trout feed specifically to get the outputs he was looking for in an aquaponics system. Now that formulation may have changed slightly but it still looks similar according to the formulation and what the label shows. And Harry taught me that the protein is made up of nitrogen. And I was taught that as a general rule of thumb, it's about 16% nitrogen. Now about a third of that, a third of the fish food that is eaten becomes nitrogen waste, becomes a nitrogenous waste. So we're able to calculate how much we're feeding fish 
and determine how much nitrogen we're putting into the system that the bacteria can then convert into a usable plant nutrient or a rather a more usable plant nutrient. This is known as a mass balance equation and Harry coined it as the nutrient flux hypothesis. And quite honestly, this is how he talked me into getting a molecular science and plant biotechnology degree. He showed me that it was as simple as saying or asking rather how many fish and how many plants do you want to grow and I can then know how to manage this much better by using this mass balance equation. It's a way to manage an aquaponics system with data. And I say that very specifically because a lot of aquaponicists out there are not approaching their operation from this biotechnical perspective. And it's something that I have yet to really be able to build out into some of the ventures that I have undertaken in recent times. So for instance, in attempting to teach a mass balance equation to individuals that we've seen don't go to school and are less engaged from an academic perspective, figuring out how to communicate something that's essentially a higher level math physics concept to an individual um, has been for me a challenge without jumping back into my nerdy scholastic academic mind where I'll just sit there and talk about the nitrification cycle and start pulling out my calculator uh, and I lose people really quick that way so it's quite interesting to see the development of how to teach the nutrient flux hypothesis along the way. And where we have had the most success and where we're at right now is developing protocol for ourselves, so that we can simply say with the individuals in here, take a picture of the feed with your phone when you first throw it onto the surface of the water and then take one after and then we can sit down and start to have a conversation about what this looks like and i have found that the most impactful way to describe some of these mass balance relationships is by simply using ratios And I am sure that I will talk more about our water quality and what some of those ratios are 
it'll be important for those of you out there that are interested in hydroponics and aquaponics to know a bit more. So we'll do a episode that talks about some of those different water quality aspects. But that is all I have for us on this gorgeous Tuesday morning. If you've enjoyed this or any of the previous episodes, please be sure to leave a review and let others know why they should listen in too. And if you haven't so far, follow the show and give it some stars. And if you're interested in learning how hydroponic fodder helps farmers save water, improve livestock quality, and become better stewards, head on over to thinkingoutsidethesoil.com to get yourself a copy of my book. Thinking Outside the Soil is a fantastic resource that's well-researched with over 120 citations that show how farmers and researchers are successfully using hydroponic fodder practices and principles to save money and save resources. So be sure to leave a review, follow the show, and get a book so you don't miss out on becoming part of the next agricultural revolution. Join us again tomorrow. Thank you for being with us on another episode of Thinking Outside the Soil. Take care and have a lovely day. Hey, before you go, check out the links below. And if you'd be so kind as to leave a rating and review and follow the show. For those with feathered friends, don't forget to get yourself some of our Blooming Health Farms Chicken Blend Sprouting Mix. This supplemental mix has been shown to give you some of the best eggs with the yummiest yolks. You'll have happy, healthy hens that abandon the feeder and give you eggs with high levels of vitamin A and omega fatty acids. So don't forget to get yourself some Blooming Health Farms Chicken Blend Sprouting Mix.